Hey everybody, welcome back to the Be Your Own Bank podcast. It's that time of the week, the weekly roundup. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Slow whip. Oh man, it has not been a good week. No. No. And we are going to talk about why, and that is Luna. For those of you who are invested in crypto, hopefully you know a little bit about this. If not, we're going to deep dive into it. So. Actually, hopefully you know nothing about this. Yeah, if you know no, yeah, if you yeah. know nothing about it, you haven't lost anything. We've lost quite a bit and uh, it's definitely a humbling experience. So what we want to talk to you about is what happened this week in crypto. Why is Luna such a big deal? Um, how is Luna supposed to function? What is it? Yeah. Um, why did this happen? Why did Luna go from, you know, 80 plus dollars and UST at stablecoin go from a dollar to basically nothing? Um, and then we want to talk to you about what we learned as investors, how this humbled us. And finally, how is this going to affect Bitcoin moving forward and other cryptocurrencies? So let's start with explaining you what Luna is. So Luna. What it was what it was yeah because <laughs> they're still trying to salvage it i don't think it's salvageable so terra luna is a cryptocurrency it was in the top 10 over 40 billion in market cap Jeez. basically just wiped out over the last week um so what it is is it's a cryptocurrency but it's unique because it is pegged to a stable coin an algorithmic stable coin called ust and like other stable coins, it's supposed to be a dollar. It's supposed to maintain that dollar peg. But on May 9th, it de-pegged. It started going down to 80, 70, 60, 50. Now it's 10 cents less, which is really bad because if a stable coin can't be stable, it can't work. And so if Luna's stable coin can't work, then Luna can't work either because it is this balancing act. So the way that this ecosystem was supposed to work is that it maintained a balance between the value of UST at a dollar and, um, and Luna. So for every UST in circulation, $1 worth of Luna would be burned, would be deleted from existence. Nice. And vice versa. So for every Luna that you wanted to own, you would have to burn $1 worth of UST. You'd get $1 worth of Luna. So the greater the value of Luna, the less Luna burned for UST, and if UST went up too high, if it went up to a dollar five, people would burn UST to buy Luna and then sell Luna on the market and make a profit. So it would, and vice versa. So it would help stabilize the value of UST at a dollar and then maintain the health of Luna, which was going up. Yeah. I mean, a year, a little over a year ago, it was a couple bucks. Then it went up to over a hundred dollars. Yeah, and it, and you know, in retrospect, obviously, that's the hardest thing to to see is hindsight. Of course, is that Luna was going up even when the market was fluctuating. So it was a little, a little suspect, sketchy, right? Yeah. Is that it was just it just kept going up, and it was didn't seem to be affected by any of the the small corrections or right. any of the Bitcoin movements, which. Most other cryptocurrencies are always affected by Bitcoin. Yeah, so that's so a red flag that, right there. In hindsight, is a red flag. The other red flag is that a big uh, program with within the Luna ecosystem was Anchor. Anchor was this lending platform, and the majority of UST, the stablecoin, was put into this platform called Anchor. We talked about Anchor. We have. 20% interest, right? But what we failed to see 
um, because we got too caught up in the 20% interest. Oh, you can make a ton of money. True. Is the way that that 20% was earned. Calculated. How was it calculated, right? So basically you put up your UST and uh, someone would borrow it. Someone would have to borrow it in order to pay that lender 20%. So where did that money come from? So the money came from a few things. It came from people putting up collateral. The interest from that that normally would have been made staking would be paid out to investors. That makes sense. And then those who would borrow, they'd have to borrow at a pretty high rate. It'd have to be over 20%. But they were incentivized to borrow by earning anchor tokens. So they were getting paid to borrow. And they were minting the anchor tokens. And they were minting the anchor tokens. So, so anchor token, there was no accountability on the no. anchor token side. No. So, so initially it worked and people were getting 20%. And then eventually there were way too many lenders and not enough borrowers. And so they started to have to pull from their reserves to pay out this 20%. And then eventually, eventually they had to drop the interest rate because they just had too many people lending money and not enough people borrowing. So there was no money to pay the lenders. Um, and r I would say within a couple weeks after they started dropping the interest rate, this is when the attack happened. We're going to call it an attack. Yeah. Um, and so what happened was on May 9th, it depegged. Why did it depeg? Why did it go under a dollar? A couple of the big theories with this, um, one was that, and this is kind of a conspiracy. It has been denied by those involved or the, the accused, the parties, the parties involved. So basically there's a theory out there that BlackRock, which is the largest asset manager in the world over 9 trillion, I think in 9.5 yep. trillion or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And Citadel Citadel is the clearinghouse for Robin Hood. So when the whole AMC debacle went on, they were the ones to tell Robin Hood, Hey, you got to stop buys because this is hurting us. Um, because anytime, I mean, Robinhood's free, but anytime you make a transaction, it goes through Citadel first. They're the market maker. Anyways, they had to bail out a huge hedge fund during the, the AMC short squeeze. And people are, are thinking that this was kind of retribution. So the theory is that BlackRock and, and Citadel borrowed 100,000 Bitcoin from Gemini, which is a crypto exchange owned by the Winklevoss twins. And they took 25% of that made some backdoor deal with Doquan, the creator of Terra Luna, CEO, and bought 25% of that 100,000. So 25,000 Bitcoin, they bought UST, and then they dumped it on the open market. And by doing that, they crashed the value of UST, and people got scared. They started selling their UST, started selling their Luna, and the the Luna Guard Foundation of, of Terra which has a reserve of Bitcoin, had to start selling that Bitcoin to try to re-peg, re-actualize that $1 they for thought. USD. They thought. Yeah. Um, and it didn't work. Their safeguards didn't work. And what happened was people were swapping their UST for Luna and it was just creating more and more and more and more and more Luna to the tune of 6.8 trillion Luna. Because this burning process, yeah. which was supposed to compensate for the instability in stablecoin, the burning process wasn't fast enough to compensate for the selling pressure and the minting pressure. Right, right, right exactly. And so it just created this death spiral of, of 
dilution where you have way too many coins and so the value just keeps going down because supply and demand demand was getting lower and lower every day and supply was getting way too high and so they couldn't fix this bad debt of ust and they couldn't they couldn't raise or decrease the supply of luna to raise the price up and so it just crashed way 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 too fast and so a lot of people us included lost a lot of money um very quickly very quickly because they couldn't sell for a dollar and they couldn't sell their luna for what it was worth well and i even made the mistake because in this moment you're like oh my gosh this is happening so quickly Mm -hmm. i made the mistake of going well ust is worth nothing i might as well try to catch the knife of luna and by doing so i bought you know i turned my ust into luna thinking i could find this bottom that turns out it was zero (laughs) <laughs> we're very close to zero. Very close to zero. And instead of that, you know, where there's a support level somewhere and then you just play that bounce and then you take your profit and go. I, I mean, obviously I wasn't thinking clearly at the time, but no. there's a lot of people that if you're, you know, um, we're, I'm just basically minting more Luna at that point. And so I'm devaluing the, the bid, the... <laughs> Like I didn't understand it because I was, you know, I was in the moment frantic. Yeah. And because it just happened so quickly. Right. So yeah, it's man, like just craziness. And so there's really nothing left at this point. Yeah. And the idea too, with this theory is that what they did is they borrowed a hundred thousand Bitcoin. So they owe a hundred thousand Bitcoin which is a lot of money. Yeah. And so by devaluing UST and making this assumption that the whole thing's going to crumble while it's falling, they can bet against Luna. Right. They can short it. So bet that it's going to continue to go down, make a ton of money off of that. And then also they can buy more Bitcoin because Bitcoin is dropping in value because this whole thing being in the top 10 of crypto 40 billion, I think, over 40 billion in value is just getting erased. That's just Luna. It's and just then Luna. you have 18.6 billion in UST. Yeah. So close to $70 billion. Just evaporating. <sighs> so while that's all happening so fast, this the idea is this hedge fund is is hedging their bets and they are betting against it, making more money so they can pay back their loan, buy back Bitcoin cheaper and I, th- I think make over almost a billion dollars off oh, this play. probably more than that. Oh, I'm sure it's more. I mean, that. that's the thing, right? Is that yeah. this happens and nobody force, foresaw it. I mm-hmm. mean, a few people did, but... We saw their videos way too late. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a guy, we'll uh, include him in the, in the uh, thread of just cause he called it like 30 days ago. He called it a hundred percent. So follow him cause clearly he's a soothsayer at that point. Um, uh, the idea, you know, that this, this UST Luna is unraveling in real time and you have the retail investors who don't understand this, me included. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we're making mistakes. We're panic selling. There's people who are getting margin called. Like it's just liquidated. It's Literally their money is being automatically sold completely because they're overextended. Yeah. Crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like it, it was inevitable awful. at that point. Well, yeah, and people on Twitter, it was going crazy on Twitter, and Doquan and the Terra Foundation, which I think is ironic, were gaining more followers. Right, they're getting 
I mean, no press is bad press, right? They were getting so much press. Well, I think people wanted to know what was happening. They do. And they're going to look to the guy who invented it. Yeah. Well, and he kept, he kept saying, you know, hold on, we're deploying more capital. It's going to be okay. So like as the ship is sinking, he's just standing there announcing, hold on, hold on. And then that wasn't an iceberg. Finally. yeah, Yeah. Finally, it's too late. It's like, oh, well, yep. We're going to try to salvage this project by coming up with Luna 2.0. Yeah. Hope you stick around. Well, that was like BitConnect, right? Like BitConnect 2.0. They did, right. They tried to do the same thing. Except they didn't have a spokesperson. That was a bit more of a Ponzi scheme, but this is turning out to be as well. Wait, you're saying BitConnect didn't have a spokesperson? Right. They did. They had a, they had a, yeah, they did, but. <laughs> but not like a CEO program. I, they didn't have a CEO. No, no but. No. Anyways. <laughs> Just not, not good all around. The other theory is that it just, it it was a fail from the start, that this wasn't meant to succeed because of there not being enough infrastructure to support the burning and the minting process, especially with open markets being able to trade it off the chain. Um, if they don't have enough liquidity enough assets to move around then it's easier to depeg so that's another thought is that it may not have been blackrock or citadel at all um it's just it it was the timing it's just what happened because there was too many transactions off the chain and also anchor protocol had way too much of the money and so yeah i think honestly in the last like three four months it doubled like 10 to 20 billion yeah to 20 valuation like on it locked in anchor protocol right and and the way anchor protocol is designed is kind of if you look at the nitty-gritties which i wish we had looked at a little bit more i think we got a little bit too caught up in the hype is that you know the borrowers are getting paid to borrow nowhere in investing do borrowers get paid that's that doesn't make any right sense. so they were anchor was incentivizing borrowing so yeah. the borrowing would be so that they had money to pay the lenders yep. right yep and to incentivize the borrowing they created their anchor token yep. right and they would give out anchor token for people to borrow so they would pay the interest rate to borrow but then they would get this anchor token which was worth what it was and it actually pumped like extremely high at some point and then obviously crashed. So Anchor's also probably going to die soon too. Oh, absolutely it's going to die. But the other the other thing too is that this guy um and we'll we'll put him in the comments. He was he was saying that for this stable coin, this algorithm this stable coin to to succeed, there needs to be a lot more markets and Anchor was kind of the sole True. market. So if Anchor doesn't succeed and what was happening is there were way too many borrowers there were way too many lenders and not enough borrowers. Yep. And so they really, they couldn't pay that 20%. So they had to start digging into the into their reserves to pay the 20%. And then they had to start decreasing the percentage rate. Yeah, but they didn't even decrease it that much. I mean, if it, it was, was like that one big and a half of a percent. Pro- yeah. yeah, if it was that big of a problem, you say to the people who are lending, hey, look, sorry, we got to repeg and then we'll be back to our interest rate, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's another reason why that might be a Ponzi scheme is like, it just seemed like they were more concerned with getting people in the door like BitConnect, like uh, Watermine, like all these guys mm-hmm. who are just like, hey, check out all of your your daily rates, like how much money you're making. Here's yeah. your ticker. You know, yeah. it's like it's very fancy. I think I think Madoff did the same thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's it's too good to be true. Unfortunately, it's, it's too good to 20 percent is too good to be true. And now we know that <laughs> now we know that. But I hope not too many people got in too big like we did. Um, but I mean. 
everyone's susceptible to it. But he, the alternative is your bank, right? Like, yeah. you know, so there's not really a, a win-win in this other than the fact that, yeah, this market is still new. We just got to, you know, we got to feel things out. I think the one disservice was the fact that everybody listed this thing pretty quickly. Yeah, Coinbase had it. Kraken had it. Binance, the largest exchange in the world, Binance had it. So it's like they usually have a vetting process. Coinbase talks about their vetting process. And if this was vetted, you're like, oh, well, if Coinbase trusts it, I can trust it. So there were a lot of like good indicators, but that helped you ignore the red flags. Agreed, yes. You know, and I think that we say do your own research, but... Even when you do your own research, yeah. you can still make mistakes. You well, have to but, continue to but research. Remember this though, yeah. so many people got hosed on this. Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, Binance got hosed by $1.5 billion. Oh, they lost $1.5 billion. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Lots of people. Yeah. Right. So yeah. a top 10 cryptocurrency should be pretty good, right? You'd think that. Think. But yeah. turns out, you know, this is still the Wild West. The Wild West. So what we learned is Luna was 40 billion, USD was 18.6 billion at, you know, before May 9th. And um, stable coins may not always be stable. Yeah. That is, that's hard. Oh man, that's hard. That is so hard because I had, full disclosure, I had 10% in UST. I didn't invest in Luna, but I did because I invested in USD 10%. And I was only able to salvage 10% of that. Yeah. No, I, I, eight, eight plus on me. So yeah, it was, uh, that one stung. That was a, you know, bullet across the bow just because you think that this, you know, this market is maturing. You think that all these things are starting to figure themselves out and the, and the winners are rising to the top and you're just trying to establish you know, the, the future. And then something like this happens with, I mean, how many DeFi projects did Luna have on its network? Hundreds. Yeah. So and all of those people are tanking too. And now other networks like Polygon are saying, Hey, come on over to yeah. our network. Cause you've got a good idea. Like mirror protocols, a cool idea yep. where it's mirroring stocks. You can buy stocks as cryptos, yep. but that's failing. It's like, come on over to our project now because yeah, there's a lot so, of great tech. Yeah, but maybe it's that's failing. the case, right? Yeah. Is that you know because all of these people got liquidated, lost their jobs, everything, right? Yeah, some people Within lost their forty-eight hours worth in life savings. It's awful. I mean, there were suicides, like potentially. That's well, what people are saying. They said that there's like ten people that killed themselves. But how is that vetted? I mean, I don't know. I I'm gonna tend to believe that. Okay, that, I know, know, I know. And I think that's awful, and I think it is. Awful. We have to get to a place where that doesn't happen, but. All of this happens on the stock market too. It does. I mean, I don't. I don't know if we've ever had a meltdown that quickly on the stock market, but it's it's not that much different. It's just there's not there's not that regulation, right? Well, and the other thing that's kind of concerning me. I was really excited about it because you know we were in UST at the height, um, but Tron is creating their own stable coin, and they're going to offer a thirty percent, and yeah. I'm going to stay far away from that. Okay, all right. So that's. I hear you and I'm probably in the same boat at this point, but what that does to me is it goes, okay, I'm doing more research on Justin's yes. son. I'm yeah. doing more research. Like that's the thing is like, now I'm like, all right, okay. I, that was a close call. That was a, that was a tough hit punch to the gut. Right. Yep. Yep. But now it's my job to do my due diligence to, to read the, the contrarians perspective. Yeah, you can't just, you can't just look at understand who this person is. Who's running side. like Do Kwan, 
you know, if you look at videos and uh, he's just, he's just, he's cocky. He's, he's 30 under 30 Forbes. He's super cocky. He's like, my stable coin is going to be the best. He uses, you know, non PC offensive language. He's, he's, he comes across as immature. Sure. He's a a genius programmer. You can be an evil genius too, though. Right. Exactly. And, but he, he was warned a year ago that this, this could play out this way. And he's like, nah, you're dumb. Right. And here we are. Right. Exactly. Well, and I think so that's to that point, right? It's like there are the leaders and then there are the, you know, false prophets. Right. So, I mean, I would argue the, the, the hex guy, I can't remember his name, but if you've ever seen this guy, like hex coin and pulse chain and all that, like he is like, just look him up and listen to five minutes of him. If you can, he's like the tiger King of crypto. Ooh, that's good. Right. I like that. Yeah. That's exactly what he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's just very, very cocky and he's smart. He's very smart, but yeah, I, I'm not buying anything he's selling. No. So that's it. It's like figure out who's selling the product. Like Vitalik, I love what he's selling. Like Samuel Bankman Freed, I love what he's selling. Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to do more research on them, obviously, but what they've said and what they're doing and how they're, you it's know, consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're, they're not crazy. They're just geniuses. You have the s- smart guys who are in it for the right reasons and you have the smart guys who are in right. it for money. So, right. well, and, and even though it's in the top 10, it doesn't mean it's legit. Right. It doesn't mean That's it's going to stay one. forever because BitConnect was in the top 10. Was it? Yes. <sighs> so that one was, so we lost 60 billion on this one. That one was 3.5 billion. Yeah. So what does that say? That says that the next one's going to be probably even bigger, 200 billion. Yeah. And I say the next one because there will be a next one. It's going to happen again because if people, if there is somewhere to manipulate, it will get manipulated. And it's, and that's okay is what I'm saying. I'm saying it's not okay that people are going to get taken advantage of, but it's up to you. Ultimately it's up to you, right? Do your own research. I mean, I hear that on, on the BitBros podcast all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes they don't always do their own research. No, they make mistakes too. And we definitely made a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes, right? But that that can make us better. We can, we can be, you know, Teflon when it comes to understanding a little bit better and, and imparting more wisdom and the, the counterpoint to things. I think that's what I'm going to try to do. Yep, the counterpoint, you know, so instead of the, cause it's easy to get caught up in the moon boy syndrome, you know, and we try to educate it all we can, but there's, Oh man, those, those green charts look a lot better than those red charts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, for me, my takeaway too is when I do sell at the next top, cause it, I believe in Bitcoin, I believe in Ethereum. I believe in a lot of these, in a lot of these newer projects too, um, that are doing good things and, you know, aren't as Ponzi. Um, but that being said, when I do sell into, you know, stable coins or whatever, I'm, I'm not a, not investing in any algorithmic stable coins. Not, I want for my, now. not for now. I need my coins to be backed by collateral, which USDC is USDC is PAX dollar is, um, die is, is decentralized, but it is backed by crypto collateral. Um, Binance USD, uh, tether. I'm going to stay with for now. Yep. It's, it's had a bit of bad press, but, but anyways, if you had to pick USDC, but, is, no, let me say, let me say this though. When I do sell into those stable coins, I'm going to diversify even further. Cause I was, my yeah. stable coins were UST yeah. and I didn't think I had to diversify in stable coins because they're stable, stable, but they're not. It's in the, the, it's in the name. It's in the name. Right. 
So I'll be diversifying across multiple different stable coins, across multiple different platforms. Yep. So I'm going to diversify my diversity. Well, and I think too, it's like, that's the main, that's the main takeaway, right? Is that mm-hmm. the stable coin isn't what it needs to be. You can't, you can call anything a stable coin. It turns out regardless of if it actually is stable right? and that you should never even including stable coins have more than 2% of your portfolio in anything. So you should always diversify and make sure that, you know, you've got the ability to take that hit because, you know, eight to 10%, that takes a lot longer to recoup than 2%. Right. Just remembering that, understanding that, yes, this is the Wild West. There isn't the regulatory body that needs to be there. That's why, you know, even if there is regulation, it's like, is the regulator regulated? Is the regulator doing the right job? And that's why I'm going to be looking more at these lending platforms like Nexo and Celsius and BlockFi to make sure that, sure, they have all these credentials, but what do those credentials mean? Are they good enough to protect me if there's foul play going on with the executives or whatever? Yeah. And I, and I think at some point there will be a platform that will be ubiquitous and that everybody will believe in and will have some backing and all that. Right now it, it is, it's, you have to decide, am I, am I safe in my bank? The answer is you're liquid in your bank, but are you safe? I would argue you're not. So yeah, you should have some cash reserves, but that's going to lose you three to now 8% annually with right. inflation. So right. you really got to pick your poison at that point, but I don't think it's poison. I think there's a lot of these that will come through. It's just some of these do need to be scrutinized more. And I think that's a good thing. I think that now I believe since this event, I think the community will band together more and we will start to take care of each other more. I hope so. I mean, they said that they could pay back all of the small investors uh, of Terra if they wanted to. Potentially. I mean, they only have like 300 Bitcoin back in, in their reserves plus a couple other stable coins. There's not an incentive to do that at this point, so I don't believe they will. But my my point is in the future, if the community is taking care of each other, if we are looking out for the, the community as opposed to the individuals who are just trying to make a quick buck, right? then I think there is potentially some accountability that could happen. No different than if somebody steals and you can find them on the blockchain. Yeah, I mean that has been great where, you know, the the fraud and the hackers and scammers that have held people ransom with Bitcoin, they can be tracked, especially with the trying to dump it on an exchange. The exchange is like, yeah, this came from this source. Here you go, FBI, you know. Right. With the, you know, the pipeline issue or the So what we're saying is there's still the good still outweighs the bad. This yeah. was a bad one. Right? Real bad. But this yeah. happened, we've had we've had these crashes before, right? And we've had hacks and all we've that. We've had yeah. hacks. We had Mt. Gox, right? That was big. You know, and that was recovered. in 2014. We recovered. We had the crypto, or not the COVID crash. COVID. Yep. Recovered. Yep. Right? So each one of these, it takes some time, but it does recover. I think it is worth noting that because of all this Bitcoin, you know, it went to 30K, but that was definitely in the cards. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like it went to 10K. You know, had something like that, had this been a catalyst to crash Bitcoin to 10K, now we're like, oh, well, I don't know if it's still sustainable at that point, right? But because it's 30K and only dropped, uh, you know, less than 40%, which sounds like a lot, but in the crypto space, it isn't. 
No. And then it rebounded 20%. So this happens all the time. Yes. Was this a big problem? Yes. Is this going to have to be remedied in the future? Yes. Are we going to have to get better at our jobs? Yes. Us. Yeah, for sure. Well, Well, just in general, I think everybody, I think everybody will take this and, and do better. I, I don't think this is a throw in the towel situation. No, absolutely not. Well, and, and us being in this space for, you know, over six years, we've seen, we've seen a full cycle. Not everybody has seen a full cycle. Sure. I mean, we we have that confidence that has been built from experience that you know it will crash and it will recover. Right. We believe that. Yeah, we've absolutely. seen that, and it's happened multiple times, and it'll happen multiple more times. Well, and you're only really feeling the burn if you got in a year ago. Yeah. Right. Because like, if you're looking back to the last cycle, you're still up doesn't matter where you are. You're still up. So it's, you know, they've been four year cycles so far. This one might be a little bit longer, which is good. Maturing markets. Mm-hmm. If it takes longer, if there's more ebbs and flows, that's good. That means more ebbs and flows, but less overall volatility in terms of how low it goes or how high it goes. It's still trending up. Right. Right. Is our, the bottom is usually the previous top. You know, it's not like we're ever going to see a $2 Bitcoin anymore. Wouldn't that be nice? That'd be crazy. You know, so it's, man, it's, it's hard to see it when it's red. It's just, you have to pull out from the map, look at the whole thing and go, okay, is, am I a believer in the technology? Hell yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, and institutional investors are buying more right now. Yes, they did. They bought 300 million on the dip. Yep. Yep. Which just goes to show you that they believe in it and they know that they're going to make even more money. They understand. They want to, they want to shake out the weak hands. Mm -hmm. They want people to go up. I'm done with crypto. Yep. Cause then they make more money. They can, they can manipulate the system more, Yep. but there's more Bitcoin wallet addresses with uh, a a little, at least a little bit of Bitcoin in it than ever before this year. 40, 40 million. That's really good. With just Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. So like, the the trend is still going up and i think yeah this was a this was a big hit you know um but it's there's opportunity in that you know as warren buffett says when people get fearful get greedy get greedy yep when people get greedy get fearful it's just hard to tell when you're getting greedy it's easy to know when you're getting fearful oh yeah <laughs> that's a really good point it is hard to tell when you're getting greedy it really can be. You can really get caught up in it. Well, there, well, I can make more. Well, let's yeah. just put a little bit here. And, you know, yeah. Because if you get too greedy, it becomes gambling. True. And, and you don't want that. Yeah. And that's, you know, basically what Terra and, and UST is now is gambling. Oh, for sure. But, you know, thinking about all of this institutional money that's coming in, you know, we talked about BlackRock, obviously, $9.5 trillion worth of assets. What is the Bitcoin market at right now? $1.2 trillion. $1.2 trillion, yeah. Just BlackRock alone is is nine point five, yeah. and they are invested in MicroStrategy. I don't know if you know who Michael Saylor is, but he's the CEO of Michael MicroStrategy, not Michael Strategy. But it's kind of <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and so he, they have uh, one hundred twenty thousand, one hundred twenty thousand Bitcoin. Yeah. Not only that, though, but BlackRock is also the reserve for USDC. They maintain the backing, the collateral backing for USDC. Okay. So that's okay, right? That's not going to manipulate. I think that's fine. But going back to the conspiracy 
it may be another reason why you might want to attack UST, a competitor to USDC. Ah, gotcha. So, yeah. of course. Yeah, because why would they want to lose their interest in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So that does make sense. Yeah, but just, just to finish that MicroStrategy thought right. is that they've got 120,000 Bitcoin. They won't get liquidated unless Bitcoin goes below, I think, 3,500. So that would mean that the Bitcoin market cap would be 70 billion. Yeah, that's so not going to happen. I don't think so. I don't think so. And then the other thing too is I I just like to look to the rainbow chart, the Bitcoin rainbow chart, because it looks nice, but it also shows that um, according to this, the bottom would be 20,000. Sure. You know? Well, if if we are in a if we are in a legit bear market, we've done this four cycles now. Yep. This is the fourth cycle if that's the case, and 69 was the top, which is possible at this point, then the bottom could go down to 10, but realistically the previous top was 20. So 85% is what went down last time. 85% from 69 is around 10. So that is a possibility. If that happens, buy more Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, we're in the accumulation phase right now. So a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, you're going to win over time. It's the wild west. It's the wild west. Think about it as the wild west. If you don't want to play in the wild west, then get out of the wild west. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to skin some knees in order to, to, to get <laughs> to the, the final destination, you That's know, right. and you have to be more realistic. At least I'm speaking for myself. Like I have to right. be, I, I can't play as hard on offense. I got to play some defense. Yeah. And, you know, for those of you who are just dollar cost averaging, the, you can take this, you know, with a grain of salt just because you're, the idea of dollar cost averaging is you take the emotions out of it. You take the, the day-to-day play-by-play out of it, which yep. is brilliant. It's so nice. And some people are able to do that, and I, I recommend it. Mm-hmm. But when you got when you got a lot, you know, when you're spending hours and hours and hours a day and you're trying to make moves and stuff, I'm not saying that's the way to go, but if it's the choice you've made, which I have, then I have to play a different game, but I can, I can teach from experience and I can also say it's much easier to play the dollar cost average game. It is. Yeah. I mean, I do a hundred dollars in Bitcoin every month, 200 in ether every month just have it automatically buy. So now it's going to be buying low. Sometimes it'll be buying high, but it's going to average out. And over time, I believe I will win. That is that is the key. Yep. And I think if you do believe in the technology, you do see the 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 benefits, you do, you know, they always say how Bitcoin is is not a transactional currency. I agree. It's a store of value. It's gold 2.0. If you think that the technology is not going to go anywhere that you don't think, you know, web three is, is not going to go anywhere. Like that's okay. Then get out, but you're going to, you got to stick to it and you got to deal with these, these dips and they're going to be epic eventually. Like this was epic right now, but in $10 trillion, that is going to be, that's going to be a big epic correction. <laughs> oh man! So yeah. just you know, get a thicker skin, and at the very least, when you're dollar cost averaging, you're you're good to go. You don't even think. Look at it in ten years, you'd be like, oh, well, that looks good. Yeah, 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. You look at it in 10 years, it's down 90% and you're like, <laughs> this looks good. <laughs> That's true. Right? Yeah. Cause 90% down in two years or 10 years will be, you know, a million dollar Bitcoin. Right. Hopefully. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. 3 billion X. <laughs> <laughs> so bad week for crypto, yeah. but a good opportunity to learn and grow, to learn, grow and, and accumulate better and, and accumulate. accumulate. So that's our uh, deflated roundup. All right. Let's take a look at those ridiculous charts. All right. Let's take a look at Bitcoin right now. We are sitting right at 30,000 last week. Obviously we had that huge dump and we got uh, down to 25 K. So that was a support level. We've bounced back up to 30 K. Now the determination will be is 30 K going to act as new support or new resistance. And I think the bears are probably a little bit exhausted from last week. So I think there's an opportunity for the bulls to come in for a little relief rally. I could foresee that in the next month or so, maybe grinding up to 35, 36 K. In which case, I think the 50-day moving average in orange here will act as our new resistance. Um, if it can reclaim that, then we have a shot at continuing to go up. If it keeps the 50-day moving average as resistance, then I think there is a good possibility that we do go down to 20K or in that range, 20 to 23. Doesn't sound super great, but we are experiencing turmoil in the stock market, equities market. Um, the GDP has been shrinking for the first quarter. If it does shrink again for the second quarter, then we would actually have a recession on our hands. So the recession is not going to be good for quote-unquote speculative investment investments, which crypto is. So we could be kind of in the middle of this storm instead of at the end of it. Just something to be considering. If you are dollar cost averaging and you got diamond hands and you're not worrying about it at all and you've got a long time horizon, don't fret. You're going to be just fine. It's a good opportunity to buy a little bit more, squirrel away a little bit more. But if we are officially in the bearish cycle of this market, then the last time in 2017, 2018, we lost 85% of, of the market. So that would put us right around 10,000 if that does happen. So it is possible. But the other option is the market is just maturing. It's taking longer for this cycle. And 20K might be the bottom because that was the previous top. Or maybe 30K is the bottom. Maybe we did find the bottom. Well, we won't know. But it's your choice whether you want to, you know, take a little profit if you have it or let it ride. Just try to keep your emotions out of it and you will succeed. We're not going anywhere. So let's take a look at uh, this other chart. Yep. See, so we, we're still technically in a bull flag, as hard as that is to believe. Um, I put this box here, 25 to 30K as a buying opportunity. Yeah, maybe it is a short-term buying opportunity, but it does present a buying opportunity. And then the total market cap. So we broke out of this bear flag and right there. Yes, was this Terra thing a catalyst to the sell-off? Of course. But when it goes down fast, sometimes it rallies just as fast. Saw that last year at about the same time. And then we went up to new highs. Don't overthink it. Continue to dollar cost average. There's going to be more turmoil. Lock in some profits when you have an opportunity and don't overthink it. All right, let's take a look at our dollar cost averaging. I've got basic attention token, basic attention token hitting this support level here, right around 40 cents. Uh, you know, the brave browser. This is the brave browser. Um, I like it better than Google. That's my opinion. I think Brave is going to be around for a while. 
So basic attention token is their native token. Next, we have Chainlink. Chainlink is sitting at $750 right now. I think that's a great price. It's been beat up like everything else. So you might want to take a look at adding a little Chainlink to your portfolio. And lastly, Compound, same thing. We're at the bottom here, $70. Compound seems to be bottoming out. That's it for the charts, gang. We are the Bit Bros. Remember, we are not licensed financial advisors. All content is intended for educational purposes only. Do your own research and only risk what you're willing to lose. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this special report on Luna. Please like and subscribe. Drop us a comment. You can watch us on YouTube, of course. You can check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next week. Thank you.